right, we're here we go, diving into heroes where we are, we've been studying Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, the heroes that are found in there. Before I start today, I want to ask you a trivia question. Now, a lot of people, especially if you went to Sunday school or if you, you know, you, you've been in church, a lot of people think they know the answer, but a lot of people get this wrong, all right? So by show of hands, when I ask this question, if you think you know the answer, I want you to raise your hand really fast. How many of each animal did Moses bring on the ark? You got it? How many think you know how many he brought on the ark? Are you waving, somebody waving over here? How many? Actually, uh, Noah was on the ark, not Moses. <laughs> All right, if I got you, if I got you, you got to tell me somehow, okay? <laughs> I've gotten Kristen about four or five times this week. I got Pastor Jared just then off camera. <laughs> but actually, did you know this, that it wasn't just two? If you study, if you study the, uh, the story of Noah, God told him to bring two two unclean and seven clean animals. Now, if you don't know what an unclean or a clean animal uh, is, then you need to go do some study in the Bible because I'm not going to get into it. All I know is I like eating a lot of them, okay? I want to talk today about the hero named Noah. Most folks know about Noah because of the ark, but I want to tell you this morning that Noah was a hero long before the ark. Look at Genesis 6 and 5. And the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and, he, and put them on the earth. It broke his heart, the Bible says. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky, I am sorry I ever made them. So God was getting ready to wipe out everything and everybody. But look at verse 8. But Noah found favor with the Lord. God was getting ready to wipe it all out. Nothing was going to survive. But there was this one guy named Noah that found favor with the Lord. One translation says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found favor. Aren't those some of the most beautiful words that you've ever heard? Noah found favor. I pray today that as God looks upon the earth, I want it to be said that we're the kind of people that God finds favor with. That's my heart cry. I hope it's yours today as well. How do we find favor? Well, let's continue reading Genesis 6 and 9. Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the ninth verse. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. How did Noah find favor? Number one, he was blameless. Now that word blameless means this when you're looking up in the original text. He was a good man and a man of integrity. I can tell you there is no stronger man than that kind of man. A man that is a good man and full of integrity. You may be good looking, you may be strong, you may be tough, you may be wealthy, but the greatest thing that you can ever be is a man that is a good man or a woman that's a good woman and has integrity. And so the Bible says this is what Noah had Number two, the scripture tells us that Noah walked in close fellowship with God. I want to tell you that this is where it all started. Listen to me. They're going to bring this on the screen because I want you to see this. Fellowship is the foundation of God's favor. 
If you want the favor of God in your life, it starts with fellowship with Him. You know, there's another, there's another Hebrew hero as well, and his name is Enoch, or, or some call him Enoch. And the Scripture says that Enoch walked with God. There's a passage of Scripture that says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That meant that Enoch didn't die. He was just translated into heaven. It seems like it would be like this. One day, Enoch and God were walking along, and God said to Enoch, Enoch, you're closer to my house than you are your own. Why don't you come on with me, buddy? What if we could be the kind of people that walked in close fellowship with God? Noah walked with God. And because of that, Noah heard God. If you're taking notes, write that down. Because Noah walked with God, Noah heard God. And when you read the detailed account of what God spoke to him, God told him what he was going to do and why he was going to do it. God gave him very specific details about the ark, the dimensions, the way it was supposed to be built, uh, built, and about the animals that he was supposed to bring on. You know, you can follow God at a distance, and you can pick up on some things, but if you really want to be in the know with what God is doing, you need to follow him closely. As you've heard me say before, this is why John the Beloved heard things at the Last Supper that the other disciples didn't hear because the Bible tells us that John was laying on the chest of Jesus. Listen to me as your pastor today. And if I'm not your pastor, you're tuning in from somewhere. Just let, pretend like I'm your pastor today. Now, more than ever before, we need to hear from God. We need to be a people that are hearing from God because details matter. They matter. God, God, God when, he, when he told uh, Moses how to build the tabernacle and when he told Solomon and David how to build the temple, there were specifics. And you know, God has specifics in your life. God has specifics in our church. We need to be hearing what he's saying and not just a few words. We need to hear clearly what God is speaking because God knows what he wants and God knows what we need. That's why we need to be listening to him because he knows what he wants and he knows what we need. You know, for the ark to be built, it dark had to be built a certain way for it to survive the flood. What if Noah would have just skimped a little bit on some of the details or, or said, well, I don't know if God meant that. No, Noah built it exactly the way God uh, commanded him to. And because of that, the ark survived floating for one year. Listen to me. The commands of God are not for his good, they're for our good. When you read the Ten Commandments, it's not because God doesn't want you to have fun, it's because he doesn't want you to ruin your life. When you read the commandments and the laws in the Bible and the things that God asks us to do, it's because he wants us to have abundant life, more of life than we ever imagined. Noah walked with God closely and so he heard God. But Noah didn't just hear God, Noah obeyed God. Come on, say that with me. Say, Noah obeyed God. You know, James says, don't just hear the word, do the word. You know that Noah could have heard the word, but not obeyed it, and he would have perished just like the rest of the world. If Noah would have just heard it, I hear you, God, but then he would have just, yeah, I just don't know if this is, if this is even going to happen. Noah, even though he heard the word, he would have perished if he had not obeyed. Now look, I want you to lean into me because I felt the Holy Spirit this week as I was studying 
And I feel it again right now. I feel like this is where some of you that are watching are at right now. This is where you are. God has spoken to you, but you are not doing what he said. Or you're not doing everything that he asked you to do. So you are blocked. You're in a rut. You're in a stalemate. Listen to me tell you, I'm pleading with you. Uh, let, me, let me step from being a pastor today and being a prophet, okay? I want to prophesy to you that if you will just do what God called you to do, told you to do the last time he spoke to you, you're going to see doors start opening in your life. You're going to see relationships start opening in your life. Just obey God. Come on, give me a good amen right there. We only got a few people here today. Normally it's louder in the studio. We just got a, got a couple people here today. Come on, I want to encourage you today. Make a, make a move. Take a step. Obey God. You know, another thing that I find out when reading the, the story of Noah. By the way, what do you think about the old school? Some of you haven't seen these. These are the old school Hills coffee mugs. We got a couple of them that are still hanging out. That's how far we go back, all right? We did start this thing, so I guess we go all the way back. One thing that I see also about Noah is that Noah obeyed even when it wasn't easy. You got to think about this. No one had ever seen rain before. The Bible tells us that before the flood, there was no rain. There was just a mist that came up. That's, that's how God took care of the earth. It was a mist that would come up, kind of like dew falling down. There would just be this, this uh, dew, this mist, and that's how the, the world was watered. So no one had ever seen rain before. And God says to Noah, build an ark because it's going to flood because it's going to rain. And you know everybody was like, you are crazy. What are you building? What is this thing? I can tell you right now as a church, as a country, we're facing some things we've never faced before. And we're going to have to do some things that we're going to be ridiculed about, that people are going to make fun of us. It's not going to make sense. Why are you doing that? Because we've heard a word from God. We've read his word and we know what the Bible says is going to be happening. We want to get ready for it. There's a, there's, a, there's a group that I grew up listening to called David and the Giants. Some of you old timers will know them. And David and the Giants used to sing a song called Noah. You ought to go download that on iTunes or Spotify. David and the Giants, Noah. And it just the song really talks about that. They're like, come on, Noah. What are you doing up there building that thing? It's a beautiful sunny day. It's never even rained before. But look at what the Bible tells us that Jesus said about the days before his return. Matthew 24 and 37. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. Verse 39, listen to this. The people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. They didn't know, but Noah knew. And I will tell you this. Most of the world doesn't know, but we know. We know. And so because we know, it's time for us to do whatever we've got to do to get ready for His return. I want to encourage you today. Get your relationship with God in order. Do what He's told you to do. If you're walking with Him, but you're not walking closer with Him, come on, get snug up to Him. Get close to Him. And so the Bible tells us that it rained for 40 days and for 40 nights. And not just rain. The Bible says that the earth broke open and the waters that were under the earth began to, began to flow up. It was, a, it was a drastic, traumatic, terrible thing. And then after it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, 
The rain stopped, but the earth was still flooded. And so almost a year to the day, the earth was finally dry enough for Noah and his family to exit the ark. Can you imagine that? Being on an ark with family members for a year? First of all, family members, okay? Think about that. You've been quarantined. Can you imagine being in an ark floating with family members and a couple of giraffes and about some hippopotamuses? And just think about what that must have been like. And so the scripture tells us that Noah finally came off the ark. And I want you to look at Noah's first act as he comes off the ark. Genesis 8, 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed his burnt offerings, the animals and birds that were approved for that purpose. What was Noah's first act after coming off the ark? He worshiped. And look what happens. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice. Listen to me. Can you imagine how everything must have smelled when Noah came off of that ark? I mean, you've, you've smelled waterlogged, what that smells like. But then can you imagine the stench of animals and people that had, had died? And it's been a year later now. Can you imagine how gross that was? And yet, in the midst of that stench, Noah offered a sacrifice of worship that was sweet aroma to God. And once again, Noah found favor with God. Look at what happens. Verse 21. And God said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. And even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. Listen, in other words, what he was saying is, if I keep killing them because they're evil, I'm just going to have to keep killing them and killing them and killing them because they're always, always going to be evil. But what helped God make up his mind? Noah's free will act of worship. When God saw this man come out, they'd been so obedient, they'd been so honoring, and he walks out and he offers up a sacrifice to God. Noah could have come out and said, well, God, you owe me something, I helped you. No, he offered up a free will sacrifice. And God said, you know what? That free will offering of worship is worth all of the other stuff that they're going to do. The evil that they're going to do, if I can just get one person that will offer up a free will act of worship. Do you realize the power that you and I have when we raise our hands, when we lift our voice, when we give thanksgiving and gratitude to our God? We have the ability to help God make his mind up about things. And then God made the first covenant with man. This is the first covenant that has ever been made between God and man. Now I'm going to read several passages of scripture, but I want you to get this, all right? Genesis 9 and 8. Then God told Noah his son and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. And with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, every living creature on earth. Yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will, I flood, will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and all the living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds and I will remember my covenant with you. 
and, and never again will the floodwaters destroy the all life. And when I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living, every living creature on the earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures of the earth. He says it three or four times. He's making sure that they get it. But do you know the rainbow is not for us? You know, when you see a rainbow in the sky, you go, oh man, it's so beautiful. And then some of you may take it a step further. God, thank you for that covenant promise. The rainbow is not for us. The rainbow is for God. He said, when I see it. So in other words, God could be having a day where he's ready to wipe out everybody. And he says, all right, I'm going to start the rain now. But as soon as the rain starts and the rainbow shows up, God goes, ah, can't do it. It's kind of like a string around God's finger. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to remember this. Aren't you thankful for God? And for his covenant. But here's the one more thing I want to say before I close. By making this covenant with Noah, he knew that sometime, someday, someone would have to pay the price for man's evilness. It couldn't just keep going on and on. So in this moment, when God was making this covenant, he knew that he was giving away his one and only son. That's how powerful this is. That's how powerful Noah's life is. Noah helped God make his mind up about what he was going to do with the human race because he was a man that found favor with God and he was a man that knew how to worship. How about you? Don't you want to be... You know, this hero series is not about Noah. It's about you. It's about me. I don't want us just looking at Abraham and David and Jonathan and all these great people and go, oh, they're awesome. I want us to say, I want to do this. Noah was a man just like me and just like you. Matter of fact, I, I have more than he had. I've got the Holy Spirit living in my life. I've got Jesus Christ in my heart. Same with you. You can be a man and a woman of integrity. You can be a person that finds favor with God. You can be a person that's in close communion with God. I want to encourage you to do that today I want to ask you what is your relationship like with God are you following him at all or if, if, you, if you are following are you following him close has this time of quarantine has it helped you get closer to God or have you drifted away come on why don't you be more like Noah today let's, let's all do it let's lean in Let, let's start right now even if, even if you've taken some time off what if we start right now Start getting close to Him, hearing from Him, listening to Him, obeying Him, and then watch what happens over the next several weeks, over the next several months. Imagine if we would all lean in, what would happen when we all got together? I want to pray for you today. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, I want to, I want to, I want to ask you to do that today. I want you to invite Him into your life. And it's a simple thing. You just say, God, I believe that you are the Lord and I confess it with my mouth. I believe in my heart and I confess it with my mouth. Or maybe, as I said a moment ago, you're, you're following, but you're not close. I want to encourage you today. Pray this prayer with me. Come on, just repeat after me. Those of you that are here and, and, uh, and those of you at home, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for, for the life of Noah that is an example for me. Today, I want to be someone who finds favor with you. I want to walk blameless. I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a good person. But I know I need your help to do that. So God, today I'm giving you my life. I, I commit to follow you and to follow you closely. 
I lay all of my life down at your feet and I receive everything that you have for me. Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your grace. Shed your grace on me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live an overcoming, abundant and everlasting life with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with these folks today. We celebrate with you.